This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Today we're at part three of this series called Blessed, and I just kind of want to go back and talk to you about where we were the first couple weeks. If you remember, week one we were talking about the fact that we need to have generous hearts We mentioned the fact that we serve such a generous God. We mentioned the fact that God gave his own son for us. He gave us Jesus. And then Jesus comes to earth and Jesus gives his life for us. I mean, that's the greatest gift anybody could ever give. Amen? So that was week one of this series. And then on week two, uh, last week we talked about Malachi 3. Now, we kind of went old school last week uh, with that teaching But we mentioned in that teaching that God says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. And he says that he's going to do two things as a result whenever that takes place. He says he's going to open up the windows of heaven. Come on, who wants the windows of heaven opened up in their life? Anybody? And then he's also going to do something else. He says he's going to rebuke the devourer in our lives. Anybody ever felt like the devourer's been after them before? And so that's what we talked about last week, just the importance of bringing the tithe into the storehouse. And today we're going to talk about something called bringing first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. fruits. We're going to talk about bringing the first today. Now, I want you to know this, and I've seen this in my life, and it's just a principle in the word, that whenever God's first in our lives, whenever we're obedient to do what we're supposed to do, that things will fall in order. Has anybody ever noticed that before? Now, it doesn't mean that we're going to go without opposition in our life. We're going to have opposition in our life. I mean, James tells us that. He he barely gets his book started, and he's talking about we're going to have opposition. But whenever things are in order, it's going to be easier to get through the opposition. As a matter of fact, if I've got to go through opposition, I want to go through opposition with my life in order and things in order versus things way out of order. Anybody agree with that today? But God wants to be first in our life, and it automatically puts everything in order whenever he is first in our life. So again, we're going to talk about first fruits today or the principle of the first. And this is a principle that's actually throughout the Bible. It's not just in the Old Testament, it's throughout the Bible. And we're going to start today in Exodus 13. We're going to kick it off at verse 1. And while we're in Exodus 13 today, we're going to hit a number of scriptures, so just hang on with me. But starting in Exodus 13, 1 today, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate. Everybody say consecrate. Consecrate. Now that word means to set aside. That word means that it's declared sacred. Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. Now, whenever you see that it is mine, the Hebrew actually shows us that the Lord is very possessive whenever he's speaking in the scripture right here. He's saying, it's mine, it's for me, it's not for anybody else. Y'all ever been kind of possessive about something before? So he's saying, set aside the firstborn for me, for the Lord, because it's going to be sacrifice. Now we're going to jump to verse 12. You shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb that is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem. Everybody say redeem. Redeem with a lamb, and if you will not redeem it, you shall then break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall 
redeem. Now, in these scriptures here, we're going to see that the, re, that the words redeemed and firstborn are very important here. Firstborn or first, super important. I want to jump into my first point today is the first must be sacrificed or redeemed according to scripture. The first must be sacrificed or redeemed according to scripture. And that's a principle here in the Old Testament. And again, we're going to see this throughout the word. But whenever we look at Exodus here, whenever the Lord was speaking this to the people, how did they know uh, what to sacrifice or what to redeem? Maybe you're not really clear on that. Just in a nutshell, then there were two classes of animals. There was clean and there was unclean. And you can look in the Word, you can look in the Torah to see how they were all kind of classified. So for instance, a little bit of background, uh, some of the clean animals were like sheep, uh, goats, Deer actually were clean. Cattle were considered clean. Uh, oxen were considered clean. Good animals. Uh, let's talk about unclean animals. Like a donkey, it was mentioned in the scripture, right? Um, mules were considered unclean. Horses were considered unclean. Camels, this is probably going to surprise you. Possums, they were considered unclean. <laughs> I think we can all agree, like possums and armadillos, probably a natural unclean animal. But there's one unclean animal that I just really want to mention that I really feel like this is prophetic. Um, cats were unclean too. <laughs> Trashy things, I hate them. Can't stand them. How many of y'all just don't like cats? Anybody with me? Come on, somebody. Arrogant animals, I don't like them at all. So you've got these clean animals, you've got these unclean animals, but sacrifice was necessary for the firstborn of a clean animal. So for instance, if you had a sheep that, that gave birth to a lamb, you would need to sacrifice that first. But if you had, let's just say, a donkey that gave birth to another, then what you would have to do is, is you would have to redeem it by the sacrificing of a clean animal. Does that make sense? And this shows us that God wanted to be first. It showed us that God wanted the first because it all comes from him. Now, I've got a question for you today as it relates to you and I. Um, whenever you and I were born, so we're talking about human beings, whenever we were born, were we born clean or were we born unclean? Unclean. unclean. That's right. And circle gets the square. Um, it made me think of something yesterday as far as it relates to unclean. We are indeed born unclean. I remember whenever we were having Audrey and Regina had to have a C-section. And so uh, Regina's on the table. They have like this, this curtain, right, that probably splits her about right here. And they tell me that my place is back towards her head on a stool, right? And so they bring me in like the last 30 seconds, right, before everything goes down. And so I'm just there cheering her on or whatever it is I'm doing, encouraging her. And then we hear Audrey cry. And the doctor does this. He, he raises Audrey up over the curtain towards us. And there's kind of all that stuff that's on Audrey. Audrey was born unclean. But here's where it got really awkward. We're like, hey, praise God. And then all of a sudden, some of it like, <laughs> nails Regina in the face. And I was like, yuck, you know? But being a good husband, I wiped it off real quick. But no, we're born unclean. We're born unclean, right? Okay, so second question for you today is, was Jesus born clean or unclean? Okay, Jesus, sinless Jesus, was he born clean or unclean? <laughs> Whew, 
He was born clean. That's good. Good. Good job, everybody. He was born clean. Now, talking about what we just read in Exodus and talking about the fact that we're born unclean and Jesus is born clean, I want you to look at something real quick on the screen that ties all this together. Jesus was born clean, and the clean, if you will, Jesus had to be sacrificed so that us who are unclean could be redeemed. Come on, that makes sense now, doesn't it? He had to be sacrificed so that we could be redeemed. And I want you to pick up on something. He was God's first. He was God's first. Our God, our God gave us his first. Amen? Now, based on the principle of the first uh, in finances, we should give God our first before we do anything else with our finances. Does anybody agree with that? How many of you know giving God the first takes faith? It takes faith. And it took faith here in Exodus for them to do what they did. Whenever the Lord said, give your first of clean animals, y'all, that took faith. I mean, I want you to think about this. Um, he didn't say, wait till you have 10 sheep and then give me one. He said, give me your first and just trust me that I'm going to bless you with more. It takes faith, doesn't it? And let's just be honest. If it was all about then... Okay, if you have 10 sheep, give me one of your sheep. We know what human beings would do. They'd give them the worst sheep. They'd give them the runt. They'd give them the one that couldn't stay inside the fence. Like, oh, that's a, we're going to sacrifice that one right there. You know, <laughs> if there's one we're going to give, it's that one. No, but the Lord said, give me the first. And the first always takes faith, doesn't it? But here's what I want you to understand. Faith in God to give him the first blesses the rest. It sets that blessing into motion, but it's the faith that sets it into motion. And, and so the Lord wants and he expects the first from all of us according to the word of God. As a matter of fact, whenever the children of Israel were going into the promised land, and I mentioned this last week, God said, bring all the silver and the gold from Jericho to me. He said, all the silver and the gold. Not 10% of it. And there's a reason why he wanted all of the silver and the gold from Jericho. The reason is this, is because Jericho was the first city that he was giving them. And then what he did was, the plan was, is then I'm going to bless you with the rest. And so the rest would be blessed once they gave that first. And the first portion was the redemptive portion, amen? It's the redemptive portion. Whenever we give the first to God, y'all, the rest is going to be redeemed, and I mentioned it also last week, the bank, your mortgage company, Visa, Chase, whoever you've borrowed money from, whoever you pay back, they don't have the power to bless your finances, but God Almighty does. He's the only one who does. So number one, the first must be sacrificed or redeemed. Second thing today is first fruits must be offered. First fruits must be offered. Not only is this principle, again, mentioned in Exodus, but also in Proverbs. Proverbs 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. How many of y'all want your barns filled with plenty? Come on now. And once again, this is not all about so you can have more. I love the idea of giving so that we can give more. Come on so that we can give more. 
And just as a heads up, this scripture here in Proverbs was written hundreds a year after the law. After the law. Exodus 23 verse 19 says, The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Bring it where? Into the house of the Lord your God. Now I want you to notice the word bring there. Last week in Malachi it said, Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. So both of these scriptures are mirroring each other, right? We need to bring it, and where does it need to go into? The storehouse. What's the storehouse? It's the local church. There's a lot of great ministries out there outside of your local church. The Lord says, bring the first 10% to the local storehouse. If you want to bless them, absolutely. There's so many good ministries out there. Regina and I, you know, we're doing the fall fundraiser for uh, the radio station. Regina and I just sowed a seed into that. That's not our tithe. That's above the tithe, right? So there's a lot of great ministries to support, but the Lord says, bring it into the storehouse. Why does he use the word bring it versus the word give it? You can't give something that's not yours. Everything we have is his. Everything you have, you may say, I'll work for it. Come on, give me a break. He's given you every good and perfect gift according to the word of God. In, in him we live and we move and we have our being. You can't work without him to earn anything. And so too, too many times we think that it's ours. And so it's like, I'm not going to give what's mine. Well, it's his already. So just bring his portion onto him and then let him bless the rest. Amen. I mean, as a matter of fact, going back to the whole Jericho thing in Joshua 6, 19, God called all that silver and gold, he called it consecrated because he said it's set apart for me. And whenever they didn't bring it all to him in Joshua 7, 11, he says, you've stolen from me. So the thing is this, is whenever we start to think that it's ours, whenever we don't want to give him what's his because we think it's ours, that's whenever he starts to say, you're actually stealing from me. I don't want to steal from God. Does anybody else? And once again, it takes faith to believe that 90% redeemed and blessed will go further than 100% that's not. It takes faith to do that. Genesis 4 and verse 3 says this. It says, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruits of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. And his countenance fell. Now Cain and Abel, do y'all remember who Cain and Abel are? Adam and Eve's children? But in the story, they were instructed to bring the first. And have you ever wondered why God didn't respect Cain's offering? Whenever you look at this, and let's look at that scripture, it says, Abel brought the firstborn. Everybody say the firstborn the firstborn of his flock, of their fat. Cain brought what? An offering. Cain brought an offering. There's a difference in bringing an offering and bringing the first. And so Abel gave of the firstborn of his flocks, and you've got Cain who's apparently a farmer, and he just gives some, if you will. I want you to know it's not that God wouldn't accept Cain's offering? Listen to me just for a minute. It's not that God wouldn't accept his offering. God actually could not accept his offering. Let me tell you why. 
whenever we look at the attributes of God, and there's many of them, but whenever we look at the attributes of God, let me hit a few of them with you. Like, for instance, God is, is omniscient. Anybody ever heard that before? God's omniscient. It means that he's all-knowing. He has all knowledge. The truth is, is God thinks a lot differently than us, right? As a matter of fact, Isaiah 55 verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And he's talking about us. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Anybody ever thought they had a good idea before? God's ideas are always a lot better than ours, aren't they? Has anybody ever been silly enough, and I have been, so I'm talking to me, that we thought we could convince God that like we had a better idea? Anybody ever? Like God says, this is what I want for your life. You're like, but hold on, God. Let me just tell you about a really good idea I had. His thoughts are higher than ours. That's why a lot of times in life things happen to us and we don't understand them. Because we often just see just, just a little bit down the road. So like, for instance, we can get out here and stand on the highway, and just down the road there's a little bit of a hill. You all know the Beulah Hill, right? We can't see past that hill. And so God knows what's coming down the road in our lives. And too many times we can only see this little bit right here, and so we're trying to convince him this is what we need. And he's like, no, no, just, just trust me because I know what's going to take place down the road. Okay, so he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. Something I want you to know about God is that he's never even had a bright idea before. Let that sink in for a second. All of his thoughts are perfect. Nothing's ever occurred to God because he's all-knowing. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? He's all-knowing. Secondly, maybe like another attribute is, is that he's immutable. In other words, he can't change. You know why God can't change? He's perfect. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's been perfect from the beginning of time, and he's going to be perfect to the end of time. If he changes, then he'd be getting better or getting worse. Our God is perfect as he is, right? Uh, another term that maybe you've heard is like the preeminence of God, or God is preeminent. And this is where it starts to tie back to Cain and Abel. Um, this means that he's first in everything. There's no one above him. He's first. He's not second to anyone. He's not second to anything. He's above all. Somebody say above all. And as a matter of fact, there's been times where we've actually said before, well, I've decided to put God first. Let me go ahead and tell you, he was first whether you put him there or not. Right? Now, maybe your priorities were out of whack, but he's always been up here at the top. But it's his preeminence. And that's actually the reason that he couldn't accept Cain's offering because God's always first and Cain didn't bring what was first. And so he couldn't accept that offering. Abel understood the importance and he was obedient. And the word says that God respected his offering and respected him as a result. Now, sometimes as humans, and I've been guilty of this, we may make statements that maybe are not 100% accurate. Anybody ever been there before? We can say that God is absolutely first in our lives. But I'm just going to hit you straight this morning and ask you if that's true. And if you've been saying amen to me this morning, do we put our money where our mouth is? I mean, do we? Because whenever we look at our bank account, we can see who's first. We can see who's first. Is it Disney World? 
let's just be honest, guys, we, we, we are a church in central Mississippi. Is it vans come hunting season? Ladies, some of y'all say, listen, for me, it might be Amazon. I have gotten to the place of laziness in my life. I will about Amazon a pack of cheese. It's like, I need cheese. I'm running out of cheese at the house. Y'all ever been, I've not done it yet. You can look at your bank account and you can see who's first. You really can. So number two, first fruits must be offered. Third thing today is, is the tithe must be first. The tithe must be what? First. Leviticus 27 verse 30 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is whose? The Lord's. It's the Lord's. It is holy. It's set apart. It's consecrated. It's holy to the Lord. And since it's holy and set apart, that's why God calls it stealing if we keep it. Because it's set apart for him. That's why it has to be first. God's first and he owns it already. And that's the reason we bring it to him. And if we're returning it, if we're bringing it, we need to bring it first. Somebody say first. We need to bring it first. So let me give you a quick example. Just a practical thought of how this works. Ray Sullivan's a, a body shop guy. We actually have a lot of body shop guys in this church. But if I messed up a vehicle and I called Ray and, and he looked at it and he said, okay, it's going to be $1,000 in parts and labor on it to be $1,000. Let's just think about this just for a second. If I paid for the parts up front, so I wrote him a check for the parts up front, he does the work and I go and I pay Ray $1,000 in $100 bills, right? So, so he has 10 $100 bills sitting in his hand. Uh, now, first of all, the tithe comes from the increase, right? God's not expecting Ray to tithe off of the parts. It comes from the increase which he makes. Now, if I pay Ray 10 $100 bills to, to fix my vehicle, uh, which one is the tithe? The answer would be, according to the word of God, the first one that's spent, the first one to leave your hand. That's first fruits, according to the Lord. So it's the first one we get. So, for instance, if you're paid the first of every month, it would be ideal, according to the Word of God, that honestly the first check that you write would be a tithe check, right? The tenth. Uh, for Ray in that situation, what wouldn't be giving the first would be if he made $1,000 and, and he pays the power bill and he pays the water bill and, and he goes and he buys that shotgun up at Vans that we were talking about. And then he's like, well, I've got $65 left, so that's what I'll give the Lord. That's not giving the first. That's actually giving a Cain offering that we talked about, just bringing some, right? But according to the word, the tenth would be the first, and the first would be if you want to do it as the word of God says. And I, I like to do what the word of God says because I see that God blesses whenever I do what he says, right? Yeah. But the first one that you spend would be, uh, that first $100 bill, that would be the tithe. But at the same time, I also understand that there's times whenever maybe we're paid a little bit differently. Um, for instance, Regina and I, we, we have different pay schedules on our checks. And so she's paid once a month, I'm paid twice a month. And so what we do the first day of the month is we write a tithe check for the entire month. As a matter of fact, on November 1st, it's been in my vehicle just riding around with me to give today. I'm not going to get legalistic about it. And I don't think the Lord is either. As long as we're saying, God, we're going to make sure that you get your entire part and we're not going to put anything else in front of it before we give you your entire part. Amen? Amen. Uh, does that make sense? 
And, and so for us, we're at a point where if it's between vacation and tithe, he's going to get the tithe. If it's between Walmart and tithe, he's going to get the tithe. And you may say, well, we've got to have groceries. I've also realized I've got groceries in my pantry that I can really eat if I have to. But God's going to get his part, and he's going to get it first. Amen? He's going to get those first fruits. But it's really about the heart. And, and as we mentioned back in part one, where's your heart? Picking back up in, in Exodus 13, let's look at verse 14 there, actually. It says, so it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is this? That you shall say to him, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. So in verse 14, what we just read right there, whenever it says, what is this? You can imagine that a son would come to his father and a son would see his father sacrificing and, and killing animals. Now think about this, maybe if you're uh, a shepherd or if you raise sheep for a living, because of course this was written thousands of years ago. Your son would say, why is it that we're killing what we've been working hard for? Why is it that we're killing what brings income into our family? But then the father would respond by saying, listen, we, we were in bondage. I need to tell you a story. Our people were in bondage at some point. If we were to be honest, probably some of us with small kids, they don't understand that whenever we write a tithe check, we're given a tenth of what God gives us. I'm at a place right now to where my children see five bucks as a fair amount of money. But let's just be honest, those of us with full-time jobs, there's times whenever we write checks and, and they're, they could pay for some stuff, right? But I'll tell you this, though. Whenever I look at what he's done for me, there's a lot of stories in this room. A lot of you have maybe been in bondage in the past. You've been a slave to certain things. But the Lord's brought you out of it. The Lord's freed you from it. And the scripture talks about telling our children, listen, you don't understand where we were and where he's brought us to. <laughs> it says, therefore I sacrifice to the Lord because of the bondage that we were part of, the bondage that, that our people experienced, but he's freed us. And because of that, we freely give to him because until we came to know the Lord, y'all, we were lost. Until we came to know the Lord, y'all, we were in bondage, but he redeemed us and he's provided all that we've had, all that we have. And because of what he's given 
to us because God given Jesus to us, because God given us salvation, because of God given us freedom, because of the joy that we experience in him, because of his mercy, because of his goodness. I don't know about you, but I freely give back to him. Amen. I freely give back to him. Come on, stand with me today. I want to ask you this morning, just close your eyes and just bow your head for a moment. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Uh, is God really first in your life? First off, do you have a relationship with him? The most important, most important question we need to ask today, do you have a relationship with him? Romans 5, 8 says is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I mentioned earlier that God gave Jesus, God gave Jesus to, to die for us, but think about this, Jesus, while he was given his life for us, he was being mocked, he was being beaten, he was being talked about, he was being spit upon. But God gave him for us. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that, that God raised him from the dead, then you can be saved. That you can be saved. If you're here today and, and you're not 100% sure that you have a relationship with the Lord, if you have any doubt in your mind whatsoever, and I mean one ounce of doubt, that you may not be right with God, then I want you to know today is the day when you put those thoughts to rest. Today is, today, today is the day when you can walk out of here knowing that you're in right relationship with God, that there will be an eternity spent with God because there is a real heaven, there is a real hell, and as soon as you breathe your last breath, you're gonna know instantly that there's one or the other. And the word shows us that we'll spend eternity in one or the other. But understand today that, that God gave Jesus, he gave us first for you because he loves you. The word tells us that it's God's desire that all come to know him, that all men come to repentance. the truth is, is that we were all born into a sinful world. We were all born unclean, as I mentioned earlier. And because of that, we could never be good enough in the eyes of God because he is indeed perfect, as we talked about just a moment ago. He's perfect. And so if you've ever sinned, even if it was only one time, then all of a sudden you were not perfect. But God... He sent Jesus, and he was the perfect sacrifice. And because of the blood that he shed, all we have to do is accept his gift of salvation. All we have to do is declare that he's Lord of our life. All we have to do is believe that he was raised from the dead. That's the reason we celebrate Easter. And the word says that we will be saved. So today we're all going to pray this prayer together. And if that's you today, if you if you say, man, I'm not 100% sure that I know Jesus. I'm not 100% sure that I would end up in heaven. 
maybe years ago you prayed a prayer, but it's been a long time and you can honestly say, I've not been walking with God. Today is the day of salvation, amen? Today is the day of salvation. So all you gotta do is just repeat this after me. Just believe it in your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. And today I turn from my sins and I invite you into my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.